Hallelujah. Psalm number two. Let's take it together. One, two, let's go. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. The Lord scoffs at them. And terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give you the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is good. Now, we've come here this morning to study the Word of God, so from Him we have received the Spirit of Wisdom. Amen. We asked for it at the beginning, so we know He has heard us. He has given us the Spirit of Understanding. His Word is coming to each person present here, tuning into this program this morning. And of course, if you are listening to this recorded, that same Spirit is available to you now. Amen. Therefore, we declare as follows. That the Lord has given me the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Alright. Let's open our Bibles this morning to start um, the teaching of the word of God again. We'll read from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. In which he spoke to us about the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So let me see where I'll start from. Alright. I'll start from verse 10. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, it's because, I'm saying this because I've been told that there are divisions amongst you, and it shouldn't be. Now, I'm jumping a few verses to summarize. I'll just give a summary of those next few verses. He said, I didn't baptize many of you, so you can't claim that you're following me because I'm the one that baptized you. He said that, now I did baptize the house of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any. Why? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not in cleverness of speech. Please, that's why I'm reading this. Let's slow down now. Not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ will not be made void. 
For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Please notice that. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the word that is preached or the message preached. Literally, the, through the foolishness of preaching. Please, I want, to, I want to use the literal Greek there. If you have the King James or some other versions, that's what they use. They use the word through the foolishness of what? Preaching. There's something about that expression. Uh, my uh, version, version I'm reading here, New American Standard says, through the foolishness of the message preached. But I think for certain reasons, I like the uh, literal one that says, through the foolishness of preaching. Because there's something about preaching. Not just the content now, but the preaching. There's something about it. So through the foolishness of preaching, to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Notice that. We preach Christ crucified. To Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called Jews and Greeks, what we are preaching is Christ. So Christ, we preach him as the power of God and the wisdom of God. Said so the foolishness of God, he said, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I'm going to stop reading that one there. The foolishness of God, he says, is wiser than men, and the weakness of God that is what people call weakness. It's not as if God is weak. God is never foolish. Amen? Amen. Did you hear what I said? Yes, We're not saying when God is in his foolish level. Is he wiser than men? He's never foolish. He's never foolish. But what appears foolish when it's coming from God is wiser than the best that human beings can come up with. He says, I just want to read that. Um, Okay, let me just leave that there. I wanted to read another version, but it's not necessary. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Okay, so let me just um, start again, as I <laughs> do when I'm preaching. I'm just going to wonder which kind of pastor it is. I do, I preach on the same thing for like 20 meetings. Do you know why I do that? There's no way you are going. We have to keep preaching. One day somebody said to me that I should make my messages short so that people can, like, you know, do I look like, are you serious? Am I, am I marketing something? No. It's not my job to try make the word short so that you'll be able to listen. If you can't listen, you have a problem. And it's, not, it's because you don't have problems yet anyway. Have you ever been to hospitals that Nigeria? I don't know about abroad. Though. You know, that's like abroad. Abroad is even worse. Before I used to think it was better. If you are sick in the UK and Canada right now, they can give you an appointment to have surgery in six months. Why am I talking about that? When you're sick, you know you can wait. Like somebody said, that's why they call sick people patients. They are patients. <laughs> There's no way you're going. <laughs> you get to the clinic. Let's use the Nigerian system in 
the good public hospitals there. You get there at 8 a.m. to make sure that you are in the queue for the day. And they may not, you may not see the doctor till 1. Some of you have been there. You know what I'm talking about. You've gone with a loved one. It's when you know people that, you know, you can make. Otherwise, you will patiently wait. When it's time to hear the word, and I say I should cut it short, short. So you, that's why you are not going to get well spiritually. Because you are too impatient for me. I quote Kenneth Hagin, Lillian B. Humans, and John G. Lake. Three of them said this thing, maybe in different words. They said, if people will give me the same attention they give to doctors, I will get them healed 100% of the times. 100%. And it won't cost them anything. But that's where I disagree. It's costing them patience. And that's what, that's what they can't pay. Everybody just expects God to do things in a hurry. I was listening to Derek Prince over the week. He said, I'm not testifying so that God can do something. When he said it, I laughed. I said, oh, we do that. You want to quickly put God in a corner by testifying ahead. By praising him for what he has not done. He was saying something. He said, I'm not doing that. He said, I'm, because he made a statement. The Holy Spirit told him something, which is well, it's in the scripture, so it's very correct. With God, all things are possible. So he was trying to teach about it. So I'm not saying this because I want God to do something. Now, this is where I'm going. He said, I have realized that God does not have an arm that can be twisted. No, it can't be twisted. You can't force him to do things when you want him to do it. That's one thing a lot of people don't realize. You've already said before that God never says no. That preaching, how we can absorb it, I don't get. Which God never says no? Which father? I wanted to say. I saw a quote by Rick Joyner. Is it general requiring one of the two big men? And he said that if the, if, the, if the request is wrong, he says no. If the request is too early, he says slow. Not no now, but what? Slow. And if the request is right and the time is ripe, he says go. I said that is the right thing. To tell me he never says no, I don't understand it. I know sometimes we, want, we don't want people to get caught up in, oh, God has said no, because something is delayed. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's why we say that. But let's understand he can say no. That's why he said, if my words abide in you. So you should go and check his word and see what he has said yes to. And once he has said yes, it remains yes. I hope you're getting my point. Like healing is yes. Do you follow my point? 100% perfect health is a total, eternal yes. What if I don't experience it? He said, that's why I said, come, listen patiently. Let's talk. Like I said last time, it doesn't often do, please, don't misunderstand me. God works miracles, amen? amen. People passing through the Red Sea, was that not a miracle? I hope you know it really, it really happened. It really happened. Then, feeding them in the wilderness with manna from heaven. It was a miracle. But you know, manna did not fall in the promised land. As soon as they entered the promised land, it ceased. Why? God said, we have left the wilderness. I've given you land. Cultivate it. 
till it. I will bless the land. I will make rain fall at the right time. But you have to get up in the morning and go and cultivate your land. Then you have to wait patiently. You must know seed time and know the time of harvest. And I will make your harvest abundant. Now, your abundant harvest will not appear like a miracle. It will appear like the knowledge of agriculture. It will be like the knowledge of seed biology. Yes, but don't worry. I'm the one still blessing you. So that is why you may forget. So I need to tell you. So he said, thou shalt what? Remember that it is the Lord thy God that's giving you the power to get wealth. That this abundance will be from me. However, do you know it will not appear like a miracle? In that land, everybody will plant. They will harvest. It will, it will just be normal. So that's what I mean when I say that this statement I want to make, I've made it many times. Don't misunderstand me, that God doesn't like working miracles. I'm not saying he doesn't work miracles for people. I'm just saying that his real desire is that you will not need emergency food that will come like manna. His real desire is that you will have that land, you will cultivate it, then he will bring forth a harvest, abundant harvest from your cultivation of the land. It is still his power. Do you get my point? It's still his power. But it may not come dramatically. What am I trying to say? So, you know, (laughs) let me not go there. One major reason why people, look, if you are somebody, let me just say this one quickly. If you are a Christian looking around for miracles, you are likely to be very misled. Oh, you'll be very, very misled. Like the reprint says it, he said, if you are one that easily gets carried away by display of power, you are a candidate for the Antichrist. Yeah, he said you are a candidate for the deception of the Antichrist. That our funny BBC prophet. One argument I used to have people that time, when they talk, say this about it and all of that, I said, tell me one thing you have learned from him now. Tell me one thing. They never could tell me anything. They used to tell me things like, he's very humble. I said, how do you know? He's washing toilets. How do you know? Do you know whether I wash toilets? You will never know why. I don't have a television camera in my house. Few minutes for you. Those who don't come to Kingdom World do not know who sweeps this place. If you're not one of the co-workers, you will never know who cleans these seats. So if I'm one of them, you will never be able to tell. So the fact that you know should have been a sign that you are dealing with hypocrisy. I don't know how human beings could be so gullible. I said, how can a man be washing toilet and he's filming it and you believe that he's washing it from his heart? The toilet is his own. The ministry is his own. The camera is his own. The cameraman works for him. Where you saw it was a program he paid for and you still believe that is humility. Honestly, you deserve to lose all the money you invested. He said, you see, he washed the ministry toilet for two years. Do you know what Bishop Oedipo washed? You will never know. Do you know what Iadibo you washed? You will never know. Do you know what I washed? All this humility, I say, oh, he, he, he helps the poor. I ask the next question. How do you know? I've won ministries and churches. Let me just say these things. This is pure hypocrisy. This one that you do and you film and you show us is hypocrisy. You may not like it, but it is hypocrisy. I saw some people the other day. That's down here. In front of this our building. Late last year, it was Christmas time. People, time people shared things out. And they I, 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 who was with me that day? Which one of you? One of you was with me. Okay. Well, senior Israel. I said, I said, must you treat people like this? 
You want to give them rice and oil. You make them come, clap, sing, so you can film it. And you arrange the oil and rice in front. So you can film it. And say you have helped the poor. They will now put it on television. And somebody said, this church is helping the poor. No, they are hypocrites. Like that man I was talking, talking about. Somebody said, no. He, one of his people said he doesn't love anybody. That he can see a man die and not shed a tear. He doesn't move him. So all those showing mess to the poor, you see, it's for the camera. Saying so private life is a wicked man. Sorry, sometimes I just don't understand why human beings can't see what is obvious. If you don't want to be deceived by prophets, go looking for you the word of God. That's what I'm saying. Don't let somebody deceive you with his miraculous power. I tell you, I say, what, how much of God have you learned? Apart from what, sitting down, watching yourself, being entertained by what we now know. We just arranged... I mean, home movies. People acted. Sorry, I just keep getting carried away by that. Let me sit on my message. If you don't want to be deceived, look for the word of God. If you don't want to be deceived, wait for the correction of the Holy Spirit. Let that be the focus of your, of, of your heart. Please, I'll sit on that matter for a moment. Hmm? This world is full of deception. This world is full of deceiving spirits. See, you need to keep your spirit alive to God. Talking to one of my young colleagues one day. He said one day he went to that man's place. He said, as soon as he approached, he said, when he got to the street, now listen to this, that when I got to the street, I could perceive the evil. He said, I had not reached the church. He said, I could feel it, the evil in the air. I got to the agency, he said, I couldn't enter. I turned and left. I said, this place is evil. He said, he got to the street. He perceived it. The sense of evil was intense in the air. He said, I couldn't enter the building. Why am I talking about it? There are things I couldn't argue with people. I said, well, it's a matter of perception. What am I going to say? Look, keep your spirit tuned. Keep your spirit up. So that you will not be deceived. Keep your spirit tuned. How do you keep it tuned? It's simple. Let your focus be on learning the word of God. Every day read your scriptures with the intention of pleasing God, not getting something from him. That again is often the problem of Christians. Everything is manipulation. They wake up every morning to pray one hour. They say if you pray one hour every day for six weeks, at the end of six weeks you will break through. That is why they've been breaking down every day. Why? That meditation and prayer doesn't have the right intention. So God is looking at them. It's not moving upon their hearts. That's why people can give God time. If you don't do this by this time, this is if you want to follow God, it's an eternal commitment. Do you hear what I said? Yes, Let me say something I said last time again. Please forget this gospel of results. God blesses people, amen? amen. He gives results, amen? amen? But we are not serving him for results. Yes. We are serving him for the purpose of pleasing him. We are serving him because we are made to serve him. We are serving him because that is just what our life is about. We are what the Bible calls sons that serve. Because we know the other, the other way to go is what? Prodigal. If you are not serving God, you are prodigal. I don't care how successful you are in life, you are prodigal. Just trying to you know, connect to things we've been saying. But let me say something we said before, so I'll pick it up from there today. 
The fact is that the major problem God has is that he does not have enough persons, um, of course, amongst his people who are living the way they should live. I need to say that again. He doesn't have enough people that he can count who are living by his wisdom. That's something we said. I want to continue, and then from there we'll continue. That is, like, I'll explain it again, then from there we'll continue. He doesn't have enough people who are committed to living by his wisdom. That's one, that's one major problem he has. Let me tell you something. Numbers matter to God. Spiritual numbers. Now, I don't mean how many you are in your church. Like some people now go and misquote me now. Say, look, this church must grow. Pastor Panky said numbers matter to God. That's not what I'm saying. Truth matters to God. Growth is an addition. That's numerical growth in the church. Again, let me digress. Pastors, please. The sign that your church is doing well is not in the number in your congregation. One of the people that had the largest congregations in the old, um, that's the law, under the old order, was um, Ezekiel. Ezekiel's services were full. Sometimes people say, man, that guy is doing well. He holds his meetings once a month. This is one so place. Man, the hall is jam-packed. Ezekiel was like that. Anytime Ezekiel, no, in fact, if you read in between, like, you now realize that Jesus used to organize programs. We used to think that Jesus used to walk, if you wake up in the morning, Peter, James, John, let's go. You'll just be going, but stop. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You just, <laughs> no, they used to go, no, really, really. They used to go out, Peter and, and John may go somewhere, arrange for a hall, and tell them that, okay, the Lord will be coming next Sabbath. We'll start the meeting by so and so and so time. Seriously, they used, to, they used to do that. How did you know? I don't want to go into that now, right? But they used to do that, okay? So they just assume that, um, <laughs> okay, I used to, you know, I thought all this gathering, like this was meetings announced as a new thing, our generation, no. Jesus used to do it. People would know when he would come in, they would gather and wait. He would come and teach, okay? All right. And, again, just to help some preachers, because I see a lot of preachers, two things. One, I see a lot who move by the Spirit, and two, those who admire those who move by the Spirit. I want to tell two of you to calm down. Did you hear what I said? Calm down. To be unpredictable as a preacher is not a sign of spirituality. It can be a sign of refusal to develop. So if you are like that, eh, don't make it a habit, okay? Preachers, please, eh? honor your invitations unless you truly, there are times you really can. For example, there's no flight, there's no road, there's nothing. The people are not even there. Because, eh, Otherwise, please, try, okay? Uh, what, what I'm going to emphasize is that don't, make it, don't feel spiritual because you're very impulsive. That's something I'm trying to correct. I've seen a lot of people who behave impulsively and they think it's a sign of spirituality. And young people follow them thinking they are spiritual. I want to tell you today they are not. Jesus used to have plans. The Bible says he sent them out two by two to every town and village that he himself was planning to visit. He knew where he would go. He could tell them, go to Waka, tell them we'll be there. After that, go to um, uh, Uli, tell them we are coming. After that, please move on to where. Then send some other people to start from Abba. He gave them the itinerary. So I'm going to do two days at Oka. Then I'll be able to spend one day at Uli. From there, I'm coming to where. We'll be there for three days. It, 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 that's why they, had, they went two by two. So those ones will be you know, clearing the grass. You get what I say? Taking the announcements, making the places, make sure the place is ready. Preach as much as they, um, they could. Lay hands on people that are not too sick because 
so your faith will not crumble. <laughs> when they see some, some real sickness, they say, ah, Peter, can you handle this? Peter looks at, ah, John, no, 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 no. This one does not go out but by prayer, fasting, and real faith. You got that kind of faith? John said, let me check. No, I don't. <laughs> so there the man, please. Um, the Lord will be here in about six days. Come back. Just don't die before then. Come back. And then, okay, say, well, we have faith for that. Can we pray that he won't die within the next six days? Say, yeah, we have faith. Yeah, John, John come, let's come. Let, let's pray. That you will not die in the next seven days. Say amen. Amen says amen. Carry him on. He won't die. They had faith for that. The sixth day, they bring the man. And the Lord will come and look at him. You, get up. The person will get up and say, we told you. We told you. <laughs> now, that's actually how the Lord used to do it. I, see, I've not left my message, but I try to help preachers, okay? So, if you're a preacher, a young preacher, especially are listening to me, don't develop an impulsive way of living your life. It's not a sign of spirituality. That we don't know where you're going to appear from tomorrow. It's not a sign that you're spiritual. Samuel, they could tell Saul where Samuel would be. I hope you're getting my point. Saul came, they said, look, this is the time he comes. He's going to offer the sacrifice. And that guy was very spiritual. They could tell. Please, I'm just trying to help people. Okay? If you plan a program, it doesn't mean you are not working by the Spirit. The Spirit knows what you're supposed to do over the next one year. So if you plan for a year, it doesn't mean you are not working by the Spirit. If at the end of the day, the Spirit decides to change something, it's fine. Do you follow me? But please don't live this spirit life which has no meaning. What is the spirit life? The real spirit life is that every decision you make, every thought in your heart is that which is pleasing to God and the reason for doing what you are doing is in alignment with God's recorded will that you understand. All your decisions are made based on that. For example, if you are a preacher, you say, ah, there's no money again. You say, there's no money? Ah, organize the program now. Did you catch that? Yeah, preachers do it. Maybe I get here one day and I say, ah, guys, how come this place is hot? The ACs are not working. I say, yes, yeah, so two of the ACs broke down. Ah, why didn't you buy new ones? I say, there's no money. There's no money. Ah, oh yeah, Israel, please organize a program. Preachers do it. You don't know that. They will print flyers, posters, 10 days of uncommon anointing. Then people will gather. What is the problem? The ministry is broke. They will now start coming up with things like, if you want this anointing to be confirmed in your life, you will tie it with something. <laughs> what kind of offering have you brought today? Some people brought pigeon. Some bought, brought lambs. Some bought, brought bulls. But some brought buffaloes. The buffalo, the size of your offering determines the size of the release. At the end of the day, if you came with the buffalo offering, come forward. I have a special anointing. Like one man said, I will wash your hand with oil. You know when you hear things like that? If you don't have sense, then you'll be moved. Spiritual sense. The man said, no, you come. You come and see me on Monday. I will wash your hand with oil. And even when I heard it, you wash the hand with oil. Honestly, look, an average person will want to come. Now that is what it means to walk against the spirit. If you're applying a program, let it be that truly you want to impact the spirit of God and the word of God to people. Not because you go to, to the office and they said that ACs are bad. You now need money. Then you, you print flyers. That is what is against the spirit. 
If you are moving by the Spirit, it means, ah, you, you hear something one day. One day you call to church, you hear that one of your deacons impregnated somebody and is a married man. And is your deacon. So you suspend him. You discipline him. You solve that matter. The following week, they call you. And that deacon is in detention. What happened? He took somebody's money. So you tell one of the other deacons as a lawyer, he, got, he gets there. What happened? Actually, the enemy, make a long story short, he's guilty. So you do what you can and pray for him. You free him. Then in church, they advise them. Okay, fine. The next time they call you, you, go, you rush to the church office. You see one woman sitting down there wearing big sunshades. When she removes it, you realize why she's wearing it. Her face is contoured. You suddenly recognize her. What happened? One of the biggest givers in your church is her husband. Just beat her, almost killed her. Then he said, brethren, I have a problem. No, before it was the first dick had a problem. The second dick had a problem. But now there's something wrong with this church. We're only 150. In one month, look at the three major problems I've had. Say, everybody, we are going to do a program now. 30 days praying, fasting, and studying. And you tell them why. You come to church, brethren, praise the Lord. This kind of iniquity cannot continue. I can't be in a church when one of my strongest men now boxing. I have a deacon that's doing AJ versus Ngano with his wife. I have deacons I'm bailing out of prison. Not for preaching the gospel. You know, if they put you in jail now for preaching the gospel, we'll get there and say, you are a real matter for Christ. If they kill you, don't be worried. You are going to heaven. But no. It's because we have to settle with the person you are owing. How all of us will contribute money so that the case can be dropped because you are owing. The first one, is now we now have a child somewhere which we cannot we can't announce in church. You know, after that we we'll look and say, I must be the one that has a problem. No, it has to be me. That's what I'll just think. So everybody, let us come and repent together. 30 days, every evening, everybody's in church. You will wake up early in the morning. I'll give you the portion to read. You'll come in the evening, different preachers. After praying, they will bring anointing oil. Cast out every worldliness. That is what it means to do something by the Spirit. I hope you are getting my point. The intention is right. The process is correct. We are not trying to, you know, like, okay, it's when we need money, we're not gather people. No. I know what I was saying. No. If you think I've lost direction, I'm trying to, I'm doing that school of ministry, okay? That is what it means you are doing something by the Spirit. It doesn't mean you are regularly impulsive. Having said all of these, there are times the Holy Spirit will do something out of ordinary. Something you did not plan for. I'm just saying that don't assume that doing that regularly is what it means to be spiritual. Alright? That's about as an aside. Okay, let's, let's get back to our meeting. Our message. So I was saying something by Ezekiel. You know, I was saying ministers don't count that the person that has the biggest church that time was Ezekiel. Ezekiel had to ha- he used to have meetings regularly. He used to. And he used to be full. Then one day God told him that, Ezekiel, don't be deceived. Your people come, but they are not doing what you say. Say so you are to them just an entertainer. That's what God said. He said, listen, you are an entertainer. Sometimes I look at some ministers, people say, ah, this guy is moving, moving the crowd. By my little understanding, I listen to what he's saying and look at the crowd. So this guy does not know he's entertaining people. 
if you're a pastor again, be careful that you're not just entertaining people. They will keep coming. Funny enough, I found out the church grows fast like that if you're an entertainer. Now, you don't have to be a comedian. Your words can just... There's one guy I have in mind. When I hear him talk, for one day, I was... I was, I was somewhere. This was radio, okay? Somebody came to pick Pastor Craig and I from the airport. All right? So the person left his radio on. The man was broadcasting in that area. All right? And I said, oh, who is this? Oh, this is also a person. All right. Then he made a statement, and I got angry. I was about, why are you angry? It's when you say, speak against the Lord. It offends me. I'm sure the guy driving was wishing that. Why did I put this radio on? The way I got provoked. I said, what kind of nonsense is this? I won't tell you the statement he made. And you could see the congregation was like, wow, deep revelation. I said, this is a lie. The man said, okay, the statement he made. If you don't have people you can depend upon, you are a disaster waiting to happen. I said, are you out of your mind? Did the Bible not tell you who is the man that trusts in flesh? Who makes the arm of flesh his strength? He said he will not see when good comes. When my brothers forsake me. Is that not when, the Lord, when my father, I did say it again. When my father and my mother forsake me, that's when the Lord will take me in. If I have no human being I can depend upon, that is when I fall on my knees some more and say, God, men may leave me, but I know you will never leave or forsake me. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is the shade at my right hand. He says, send us help from above, O Lord, for vain is the help of man. Yeah, this man made a statement. Now, you can see what got me angry. Meanwhile, if you see the way people plenty to listen to that. Now, I've given you two or three scriptures now. And you can see that <laughs> the word of God did not align what he was saying. That you have to have people you can call in time of trouble. Ah, didn't you hear Pastor Kim they said the other day? You know, you know, sometimes in life you have people. Of course, I, we have people now. My little level in life, God has given me opportunity to help people. Yes, I help people. But you know, I keep on telling God every time, please, let me, let me not trust in these people that I have. Because sometimes, I've talked to people and they have explained why, people will tell you why people can help you. That this is your matter. People can help you. That day, okay, they said it was good. He had people. So, road safety stopped him. And if you know those of us who know, we have some of the most powerful people in road safety. When they stop you like this, we all look like this. If you like, call your girl for you. <laughs> After they talk, talk here, talk good there. He brought out his phone. He dialed. You do not have sufficient credit for this call. What, what? There were two problems we had that day. What, you didn't have credit. What was the second one? You couldn't recharge. He tried to recharge. Bank said, no service. He stood there. God said, say you know people. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. That day, God made sure that he realized that the arm of flesh will fail you. He decided to take his lesson from God. Say, Father God, this is a lesson. Please, guy, find, find me. Just find me. Find me. They find him. <laughs> Say, don't worry, don't worry. I'm giving this money to God. Went and paid the fine. So next time, if he sees trouble ahead, he will pray. Not say, no, I will call him up. Because that did make sure, that God made sure he couldn't reach anybody. I know people. But I've seen knowing people fail again and again. And each time I know God is the one telling me, Stop depending on people. Look, people have failed me enough. 
So that even when God uses people to help me, I don't look at them. I thank him that he just chose to use this person. And you must discipline yourself in faith. You must. So occasionally when people, don't get angry with anybody. This man was supposed to help me. Did he help me? Just say, God did not grant for him to help. Just put it like that and mean it. So don't go and say, no problem now. Tomorrow to share, he too will need help. All of us will need help. Everybody knows where his power is. It's a sign you are angry. When Jesus said forgive, that's what, was, that's what he meant. If you don't forgive, the reason why, you, it's not as if God is doing tit for tat with you when you don't forgive. Is that when you don't forgive, your faith is still in human beings. The Lord is good. Let's go back. I hope I can get to my message. I've been able to say many things here and there. All right? <laughs> they said it's good. <laughs> All right. Now, where were we? So, I, I was dropping something for ministers and for other Christians too. Now, not to count, I, I talked about Ezekiel. Now, so we're saying that um, God, you know why I went to that was a statement I made. That God is looking for people that he can count on. That he doesn't have many. He doesn't have many. Please, I need to emphasize that to you so that you will, so it will pain your heart. Do you follow me? No, there are times you just, let's talk about faith for a moment, all right? There are times you look, you know, you do right. No, please, I'm looking, let me look for my words. I said to my children like this, and I've said it here before, that God hides what is good behind what is right. If you are looking for what is good, you may never find it. It's hidden behind what is right. Where is good in this place? You will look and look, you won't find. But where, what is right in this place? I hope you're getting my point. And then you go and do that which is right. Then behind it you find that which is what? Good. What am I saying? So if you read my book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. Many people looking for great faith so that they can, because great faith works. Let me tell you something about great faith. Faith is so powerful. Now, please, get me in context, all right? Faith is so powerful. If you find it, you can make God undo that which he wanted to do. If it was possible. That's how powerful faith is. Faith is so powerful that God says, hey, hey wait, wait. This is what to do. Make sure they don't have the faith to undo it. Otherwise, it will never get done. That's how powerful faith is. When God wants to do something heavy on the earth, he can't just come into the earth and do what he likes. What he does is to plant faith in somebody's heart. And when he has planted that faith, the person will turn around and utter things that people thought would be impossible. Let me tell you something about technology. I'm saying many things. Is it possible for you to order it in case I miss my direction? If you think so. Now, let me tell you about technology, right? Technology, if you bother to study it, just go to the YouTube, look for a video on how to make the silicon chips. You know that it's not easy. How human beings came to that level. One day I watched videos on the development of tech just in the last 50 years, and it's amazing. The world made a huge leap in 50 years, more than they made in maybe 1,000 years. All of this centered around the silicon chip. Till now, to make chips is so difficult that with all the money China has, they still can't make the powerful chips. America has a control over them because of it. So hard. This is where I'm going. 
how did it become possible for human beings to do such things? But the other day I was talking to my son, we're driving the car. I said, do you know that, that God made animals, this world that we can see, this complicated biology that we see, human flesh? I said, it's not a hard thing, no. The real hard thing is to bring matter out of nothing. Even though matter looks very simple. Where there was no sand, for God to say, let there be, and there's sand. I said, it's much more difficult than forming a human being out of that sand. And what was the proof I gave him? I said, look at it now. Human beings are forming machines. And if you look at biology well, biology is nothing more than miniature machines packed in millions of them into a body. They're machines. And human beings are doing it. Where am I going? So the level of technology on the earth we have right now, you want to know the truth? Forget human beings that are making us, people don't go to church, they do this. It was spoken into this earth by faith. To create is to bring into existence out of nothing. But then to make or to form is to use that which is already in existence. So right now, men are making they are forming. But the power of God, where he's different from everybody else, are you getting me? It's in that he created. Please follow up on this. Let me not confuse you. So when you see the depth of things we are doing on the earth right now, we are behaving like God. They talk about AI, AI, AI. That's behaving like God. The technology now, but what I want to emphasize is that it's not humanly possible. It's not. Faith spoke it into existence. Now, let me give you the fact of the spirit. There's nothing that you see as advancement on technology on this earth that God did not command for his purpose. He commanded it for his purpose. There is a reason he's doing it. I told you about the internet. It's in the scriptures. It's been written for thousands of years. Daniel said, knowledge will increase. The internet is a fulfillment of a word that was spoken. Knowledge shall increase. That's why it's increasing. That the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. He needed the internet. God created the internet so that he could fill the earth with the knowledge. It's not, the people are running with it because a word has been spoken. So they are now being carried by that word. It's not their intelligence. I don't know whether I get my point. They are being carried by a word that God spoke for this season. Why am I saying all of these things? I'm talking about faith. Faith is that powerful. Before anybody thought of, that, at least that I'm aware of, of television, even of radio, John Alexander Dowie had prophesied it. And what was his desire? He wanted to minister to people. But they all had to come to where he was. I said, how many places will I go? He said, the time will come when my words will be taken from here as I'm speaking it and be taken to people's homes. There was no radio that time. He was preaching and he uttered those words. Another time came, he said, the time will come when my voice and my picture, as I am speaking here, will be taken into the homes of those that can't come here. He said that there was nothing like television in the offing. I, I heard the recording. So men spoke things into existence. I told you, um, William Marion Brenham spoke about driverless cars. That he even saw it. It came just about 10 years ago. Less than 10 years. Yes, that man died in 1965. Yes, yet he said, I see, he described the shape. 
that the car didn't look like the one they had that time. That it sees a family inside. The car has no driver. But it, by some you know, signals from, this, from space, it knows where to go. And that technology did not exist. Please, I'm saying all of this to let you know the power of faith. So men spoke things. And just like God formed man out of the dust of the earth, they are forming machines out of silicon of the earth. Out of steel in the earth. They are forming things. That's how powerful faith is. Please, that's just to talk about faith for a moment. Let's not go back now and talk about some other things. How did Ruth find faith? Let me tell you something about Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. Can I use the word? Okay, let's just make it easy. It was a Moabite. Ruth was a Moabite. There was a curse on the generations of Moabites. God specifically mentioned them that to the 10th generation, they can't come to the temple. God mentioned them by name because of the curse they had upon them. Ruth reversed the curse of her life. And listen, let me tell you something about God. That anytime they are talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ, not many women were mentioned. There were only, is it two or three women? Ruth was one of them. Rahab was another one. Who's the third one? Was it Tamar? No normal girl there. Do you hear what I said? What did I say? No normal girl. Ruth was one of the few named in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about faith. Where did Ruth find faith? It was just consent for her mother-in-law. Read my book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. I described it inside there. Ruth didn't find faith by studying scriptures. Faith, come. I come and Look, I do it too. I need faith too. So I, that's the one I know to do also. But Ruth didn't find it like that. How did Ruth find faith? Her husband was dead. Her brother-in-law was dead. Her father-in-law was dead. Leaving three women behind. No man, no child. Father-in-law, dead. Husband, dead. Brother-in-law, dead. These are three men, husbands of those three women. So the woman said, I got to go back home. She returned home empty. Nothing. Didn't have anything. They spent everything they had taking care of the sick people. Now, the Bible didn't say that. I just added that one to let you know how broke she was when she returned. When she came back, she was empty. Now, when she was going back, she thought about those two girls also. Love for them. Say, look, girls, me, I'm an old woman now. Let me go back home. You guys are still young. I think you, if you stay back, hopefully you get another husband. You can live a good life. And I hope I listened. I mean, she was quite persuasive and made a lot of sense. Let me just tell you something again. If you want to prosper before God in this life, stop thinking about yourself. If you want to prosper before God in this life, find something else to think about, apart from you. The power Satan has over people is concern for themselves. I will say that one more time. The power of Satan over people, including the children of God, is when they can focus them on themselves. That's it. When God wants to bless people, he takes your eyes away from you and finds you something else. Like if you look at Abraham, the focus was, so will your descendants be. It wasn't Abraham, it was, so will your descendants be. Abraham laid his life down for his descendants. In you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham laid his life down for the nations of the earth. Satan only focuses you on you. 
as nice as Naomi sounded, she was satanic enough successfully <laughs> in the life of Opa. Opa, go home. Take care of you. You, you need to be okay. You follow me home. You know, you know that's what she said. I can't guarantee you another husband. And they depended on those men that time. I can't. So what's going to happen to you? Just stay behind. And Opa reasoned and said, Ma, thank you very much. You are right. I'll be visiting you. I'll call you. All right? At least every festival I should be able to come around. Good girl. And she probably did that. All right? But Ruth, <laughs> the Holy Spirit helped me to understand it. I didn't read it anywhere. I was, while I was meditating, God said, look at this. Ruth said, so when I have gone to look for another husband and I've taken care of myself, from the story you guys have told me, who's left at home? You didn't leave any man at home. That's all. You know what Ruth said? In effect, fine, mommy, it's all right. But let's take care of you first. When I'm sure you are fine, then we'll solve this other problem. That's all. That was when God put the spirit of faith in her. He said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. That was not where it started from. She did not go to Israel looking for the God of her husband. She just said, let me care for this woman. When she's fine, I'll take care of myself. <laughs> you know? Again, more digression. Look, so don't worry. I'll preach what I want to preach next time. I, don't, I can't get it today. I talked to two young doctors this week. That's when I realized, you know, God has been kind to me. He's very, very kind. From time, all right? No, God has been very kind to me. And when I say kind now, he has given me faith to live for a very long time. So it's not just today. But now I'm telling you, God has been kind to me. Do you know I've hardly given this crash in the Naira against the dollar a second thought? <laughs> the other day, Judah was like, eh, sir, you see, the price of the I said, what is it? He said, you know, those will pay them in dollars. I said, we have dollars. Don't worry about it. I said, this one, eh, we'll give it to them. I beg. He said, hey, that's why you're not worried. No, I've never been worried about such things. If personal money I have drops in value, I say it's money. It's, it's money. Ah, I beg, it's money. Don't give me a headache. For that reason, you know, when I open the news and I see things like the dollar is now 1,005, it climbed back a bit recently because of uh, the intervention, they forced the banks to sell dollars in my mind. The dollar they are selling was finished, Abi. Are you finished? Ah, you to finish now. Force them to sell it. This is not just a fire brigade. You need God to stabilize. And just for those who want to know, in case you want to know, some people may not like it, but it's true. If you are those that just like to believe that Nigeria is a stupid country, you won't like what I want to say. But the fact is that it's not a Nigerian problem. Those who know, they know. It's an, it's a, it's an American problem. Even my friend in the U.S., one of my classmates, he explained it. They are sucking in the dollar. So those who have brought it to you would rather take it to the U.S. So you are competing with the U.S., so leave that. Thing. That's why you are competing you are complaining in Nigeria. I was even surprised we held out, I held out for so long. Turkey lost 50% in a year of their value. Go to Ghana. Ghana lost 50% in a year. That was last year. So we held out for so long ago. It's our holding out power that has now finished. <laughs> we held, Ghana lost 50%. Turkey lost more than 50%. Argentina lost more than Those who lost against it, nobody's wanting them. The few people held up, very few. And one of the few that held up, you'd be surprised, is Russia. And it's a result of the sanctions. They say you can't trade in Russia 
in dollar with Russia. Russia has no problem. I'm not selling my oil in dollars too. If you want my oil, you buy in Russian rubles. Forcing everybody to want Russian ruble. Forcing the price to go up. So please, don't be amongst who just sit down and say, no, 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 nonsense country. No, it's not nonsense country. It's not, it's not nonsense country. In fact, it's, it's good nonsense, country is nonsense to you. So you go to a good heaven because only heaven can help you. I hope you're getting my point. Only heaven can help you. People say, yeah, yeah, dollar, nada is falling. I said, it will fall. You see, it's simple demand and supply. I want to start falling. Speculators will worsen it for you. So if you're a child of God, you know what to do? You'll carry your eye come out. Wake up in the morning, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. When you open the newspaper, they say, dollar is now 1,007. Psalm 23. It's now 1,850. Psalm 23. Okay, it has now dropped to 1,002. Psalm 23. It's now 1 to 1. Psalm 23. If you carry your eye away from Psalm 23, it's a trap. Because when we read Psalm 23 as it's going up, then when it starts coming back, say, Psalm 23, it worked. Then they keep it aside. It's now falling for the trap. Next time they pick Psalm 23, they say, I know the house. Because it starts climbing the gate. Psalm 23, they say, eh, oh, look at you, fair weather friend. Now that, <laughs> now that you need me, eh, so whatever is going on, you know what you do? Focus your eyes on the scriptures. Again, I digress. Now, because it does, it has not, things have not, and it's not just today, like I'm telling you. I've had it for, my wife would tell you, one of the first issues she had with me was I didn't seem to be bothered about anything. I don't have money, it doesn't worry me. I don't have motto, it doesn't worry me. I've never, look, let me see this about me. I've never, I don't have motto, it has never worried me. When I say never worried me, I didn't. The first time I wanted to buy a car, I told one of my friends to lend me some of the money. All right? I won't tell you the sum because you get confused. It was a small amount. So he had some money. I said, just lend me some money. I have this amount. I want to buy this car. So he told me that, um, what's the car like? He didn't see it. He just asked my description. I described it for him. He had one small car that his father gave him that time. A small Nissan. We used to call it Nissan Fire because it was red. Okay? He said, is it as good as his Nissan Fire? I said, no. No, I said, no. Ah, so one car like the one I went to buy drove up. We were at a friend's wedding. I said, it's not even as good as this one. He said, bank. He said, even though I have the money, I could lend you, but I will not lend you. I said, why? Because he said, I don't want you to buy it. They explained to me that she I know his car as good as it is, as compared to what I'm saying now. I said, yes. He telling me the problems that car has. He said, so if you are telling me the car is not as good as that one, please, bro, you are better trekking. I took his counsel and told the person who wanted to sell me motor, I'm not buying again. Some of you, they, they go and sell you a car that is bad. Can I digress? Hey, I hope we'll preach today. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Never buy a car that was not moving when you paid. <laughs> You're trying to there are two cars in this compound, three, that they don't move. One C-class there, there's one Highlander on the other side, now there's one in front. If they dash you, sell it as scrap there. Collect too because it's free. But don't move it away from there. You say go to camp. Where is Chinedu? Call Chinedu to bring his boys who are butchers. There's what they call butchers. Some of you don't know. They are butchers. They are those who kill cows. They are those who kill cows. They had to come and butcher this car. Normally, they, they buy it cheap. 
That's what butchers do. Now, that's a, by, by the way. Please, I want to give you advice. Never buy a car that was not moving when you're paying for it. If they say, no, it's just one plug that is bad, don't believe them. Because if one plug that was bad, they will have put it and driven it for you and jacked up the price by at least 25%. They said, the AC is not working. Don't worry, all you just need to do is, is regas it. It's a lie. Because if that was all, they would have regassed it for 10,000 naira and added 70,000 to the price. Please, trek in peace. What did I say? When you did not have a car, you did not have a problem. The other day, my car had a problem on the road. My whole family were coming back. It was just a small, but then it immobilized the car. Now, this is where I'm going. Do you know? I couldn't live there. Of course, first thing I did was get everybody, come down. Bam. Stop one vehicle coming from Lagos. There are dropped some people in our nature. But yeah, I loaded everybody inside. Ah, I can do said, Daddy, shouldn't I wait with you? No, because it's a man. <laughs> it's a man. In my mind, this is, this is an okuzu. Your mother's husband is going to stay here. Her first son will stay there. How does that make sense to you? I told him, I said, God bless you. No, I, I, I appreciated it. I said, the Lord bless you, all right? But escort your mother home. Let me stay here. Oh, Kuzu. <laughs> I said, I better be going. In case you don't know, after they left, me too, I left. <laughs> he said, where did you go? Ah. Initially, I, start, I stopped the vehicle. But I was trying to stop a vehicle to take me either to work out to go and wait for the guys who are coming. Or go into a cruise, he said, go and wait there. So, I, but first, I walked away. One guy had come before. He said, he be mechanic. I looked at him, you're a mechanic. So you've now crossed the road now to go and cross kidnapper because the guy disappeared after I went. Me said, I disappeared from there. I'm in trouble for myself. I, I left the place. What happened was that, just for you to understand the gist, as I walked away, and I found I was near the Anambra airport. So I walked and walked into the road of the airport, and just stayed where nobody, it got dark, in case you don't know. That's when I was happy that I was dark. <laughs> you can't see me in the dark. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, where I'm going is that because the car was my own, I couldn't live there. Although, brethren were on the way. Finally, of course, one of our brothers arrived with a very good mechanic. You just know a mechanic that knew what he was doing. Papa, 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 did everything, got the boot open, showed me what the problem was fixed, and they would just manage the car out of the place, then dumped it for them in our car. And now I entered a very, another uh, uh, vehicle. And go, I, I got home that day. I think it was to 11. Steve was the one that came to call me, uh, came to pick me. When would they arrive anyway? Because he had, he called me. Ah, I got how far? I said, okay, I'll call the one I get to town. So he was waiting for me. Almost till 11 o'clock. Because the car is mine. If it was not my car. You know. As he's stopping, even 911, I go enter. <laughs> Just stop, enter, and go. So what am I telling you? Please. Having a car is not always a good thing. You get problem too. And I've advised him, unless your car is extremely good, if you are going long distance that they have good commercial, don't use your own car. Like if you are going to Lagos now, 
you are feeling happy because you just go on, you put on for road. Your head is not working. When you have all this fine, fine Sienna is going to Lagos. If you can't go by air, come on, go and hire those people. You just cross your leg there, you will sleep. When you hear kru, 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 the motor don't spoil. They will send the rescue vehicle. And if they don't send, you will come down, rescue yourself, and we keep going. I don't know. I'll get back to my message. What have I done to say? Please, don't ever buy a car that wasn't dry moving the day they sold it to you. No matter the excuse they give, say, no, all you just need to do is just change this gear. And you say, ah, it was just a gear that spoiled. I'm not in the mood for repairing it. There is a reason. It's because the year before, the, the engine spoiled. Before that one, the axle spoiled. Before that one, so, so the guy got tired. Yeah, yeah he's right to put that gear first. As you come up for that, your AC will spoil. You fix it as you come up for that, headlamps will spoil. Then finally, the brain buckle just, that you now realize that I bought what Yoruba man calls Okuaparu. The Lord is good. No, it's what Yoruba man calls a dead partridge. That you are going on the road, you see a partridge that is dead, and you pick it as free meat. You didn't ask yourself, what killed it? <laughs> the Lord is good. I'm sure I've delivered two people. And, and you're about to pay tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God, now I don't know where I was. Now, really, now I don't even know where I was. Yes, I was talking to those two young doctors. Thank you. <laughs> I was talking to them, and I realized how worried these people are. I didn't know people were that worried. I did not realize until this week that people have lost hope. I didn't know. These are two young doctors working in a federal institution, resident doctors. By Nigeria standard, I think we can say they are, they are well paid. Yet, if you see the despondency with which they were speaking with me, I knew after I finished speaking with them, especially the lady, there was a guy and one lady. I knew the lady took encouragement. I could feel it. But each time I see her again, she'd be like, hey, don't lose her. Because I tell stories, and I keep on telling, I was telling them that, look, you guys are doing residency when things are good. Like, what? I said, you don't know what I went through. That whatever you guys are complaining about now is not half as bad as it was when we did this thing. And that's not exaggerating. I said that with clear eyes. I said, it's not half. When I say half, I said, today, it's not half as bad as it was. They went, you know, don't forget, we went through the crash then from one to one, one to one fifth. That Naira was like, initially, of course, I had 75 cents to the Naira. Okay? But I was too small then. But when I entered university, it was still about 150 Naira to the dollar. SAP had gone in for some time. When it went to 4 Naira to the dollar, I remember that well. I was a senior medical student when Naira was exchanging for 4 Naira to the dollar. As a result, don't forget that, as a result of Babangida's structural adjustment program, it went to 4 Naira to the dollar. I still remember because a friend of mine was studying banking and finance in another university, and his prof told him that to get to 10 naira. At that time, our lecturers were leaving. Talk about brain drain, you haven't seen nothing. Oh, you have not seen, oh, guys, you guys, you've not seen anything. What about brain drain? You come to school. I remember we did not have a pathologist. Our ENT surgeons, all of them disappeared. Everybody that taught us hematology vanished. You get to 
you get you get to, you get to wardrum. Where processor also gone. Doctor this gone. This one gone. And you don't blame them. I remember our ANT surgeon was driving an old B2, a senior specialist. His B2 was an old one. So he left. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the reason why I'm calm. There's nothing you have seen now. We have not seen worse. There's nothing. All of them were gone. Ah, I remember one of our big profs that time. He had a problem with our VC. He was the first to leave. Bam, he was gone. Pediatrician. But they, all, they killed up. Leaving one after the other, you got there, no, no lecturers again. Department that had five, six, you get there, there's nothing, no one left. I remember where I did my postdoc later, this was years later. Some of the biggest names we had in Nigeria, they, they were in that institution. By the time we came, there was only one left. I want, one day we were having a party for some people who were, who were just qualified, they were leaving. And they came to grace the occasion. And my senior registrar at that time said that. There's one thing you want to appreciate him for. That many of us don't realize it. That that man is the reason this department stood. Really, you look. Nobody was left apart from him. So the people they now trained after they were now joining him and joining him. They said that if he had left, this department would have collapsed. Everybody disappeared. So when I said, well, shout, nah, 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 this what? When I say, okay, so if your children want to go now, let them go. I say, if I see them near the airport, if I see them near the airport, he says, sir, don't do that to them. I say, why? Why not? You want to turn my children to economic refugees? No. None of you will be an economic refugee. I say, I'm ugly. Say, there's food. I will eat it. I will go chop now. Then we'll track the rest. But this Bible study we will come. This word of God will go preach them. We will teach this word. We will continue. I didn't re- Let me just, I don't know how I got into that, but let me just tell all of you that are listening to me today. Don't lose hope for anybody. Refuse to lose hope for anybody. That's the real fight. Look, God helping me, maybe later today or tomorrow, I'm going to post a prayer. If you follow me on WhatsApp chat, that's WhatsApp channel, you'll find it. You hear about banditry, um, kidnapping. Those are two major issues. Now, they are serious issues, especially banditry. Kidnapping is not even as bad in its effect as banditry. There's a reason why. Because kidnapping is terrible, it's making people, you know, rob people of their money. Well, banditry is driving even farmers away from farms. That one is affecting food security. Now, some people say, ah, in this country, I say, me? I will not run for anybody. Yes. Not because I think banditry is not a problem or kidnapping is not an issue, but because I want to tell them they won't drive me. It's a war of attrition. Let's see who will wear out first. And I'm going to dig my heels in the Lord. So when the matter comes up, we'll go to where we know to go, which is prayer. We will get on our knees and cast the spirit of banditry and kidnapping and cast that spirit and invoke the mercy of God upon the land and raise the sword of God against everyone who is cooperating with these doers of evil. But the land we won't yield it. We will not yield it. No, I keep on saying that. I'm not yielding it. If you come to Enugu by mistake, 
you driven me to prayer again. I will pray and pray and pray until all of you kidnappers die. And I'm telling all of you, whatever state you are in, tell God this state I want to collect it. If they say there are bandits there, you will pray and pray. Ask God for mercy. Ask God for light to flood the land. You must add those two things and then pray against all the doers of evil. And ask God to re- you know, remove the judgment from the land, then drive them away spiritually. We will pray and pray until they run away. But I'm not yielding the land for anybody. No, I'm not going to yield it. It's, and let me tell you something. Let me tell you what God will do for you. He will just give you food. I remember I read this book. That it said, look, having food and raiment, make sure you are content. I don't want to hear any nonsense from you. I'll give you food. I'll give you two shirts. They're very resilient. You know, there are some shirts that you have to iron nicely, you know, steam iron, low heat, dry clean only, because I won't give you that one. You'll be using prayer time to iron. I'll give you those kind of shirts that when you dip in water, all the dirt will stay behind the water. When you do like this, boom! It is not laid dry, it is straight. Now you take it, wear it, you're back to church. I don't want to hear any grumbling from your mouth. I read in the book, God Smuggler at that time, about, I think it was Bulgaria, one of those uh, Eastern European countries. And Brother Andrew got there, saw these two old couple. They got, they got to their village. And everybody was gone because communism had devastated everywhere. Poverty everywhere. Everybody in the village had managed to escape to one place or the other. So he looked at them and said, why wouldn't you people go to? And the man said, now please, I'm not saying those who left it wrong. But it's what the man said, I want to repeat again. And the man said, who will stay behind to pray? That's what the man said. He said, okay. Who? And he like, they were just, they were seeing him off. Just talking. So, look at everywhere is dry. There's no money. They were living in one rundown house. They were farming at the back, wanting to get some food to eat. I said, everybody is gone. Why are you still here? And the man looked at him like, you know, with this wonderment. Can I use that English? There's this wonder in his face like, Go, who will stay behind to pray? So when you see that communism fell down, it's people like that that caused it. It's people like that. You know why I began all of this? I said, don't let Satan focus you on yourself. That's why I began that, you remember? Because what, where faith came from for Ruth was when Satan could not focus her on herself. This story many times. When a friend of mine decided to show me how foolish I was, he wasn't trying to tell me that, he was just telling me why he was making the decision he was making. And I realized that I had been so foolish and selfish and all of that. Because that's the highest thing you must focus on the purpose of God. Focus on that, people, fine. But when God gives you revelation about Himself, don't look anywhere else. People have said many things about why, if you are around on Friday, we've been studying about the fall of man and all of that. People say, why did Adam fall? I love for his wife. I said, look, that's one thing God doesn't understand. You can't love anybody more than him. He's not allowed. Anything you love more than God is under a curse. And you brought the curse upon it. If it's your wife, too bad. You've just placed a curse upon that woman. If it's your husband, what are you doing to this man? If it's your children... Please, when it's time to, look, brethren, when it's time to go and study the word of God, talk them, tie them, wrap up for back. 
and stay on the corridor. If you are the type that normally comes regularly, don't say, you know, this is my church. They will let, eh, drag them. Drag them. Tie them somewhere. Just say to them, in effect, there are things more important than you in this life. I just say something to God. And if I have to stay outside and be pacing up and down while you are crying, I will stand there and pace. I'm making a statement. It's not about you. I'm saying nobody, nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. And for those of you who are single, let me just tell you, you women, let me just tell you, it's women that do stupid, I've seen one or two men that did it. Actually, I have only one in mind. But, yeah, um, anyway, let me not go there. One guy, and I was like, okay, let me even say that one too. <laughs> women, and sorry, men, never marry a woman that gives you conditions before marriage. Never. No matter how good the conditions are, don't ever, I forbid you from mar- agreeing to marry a woman that gives you conditions. And if you marry, you will leave Nigeria and, and go to America. Even if you, had, even if you have your American... Eh? Pali, thank you. You have it already. She doesn't know. Or she knows. Whatever. Say, I'm not agree. Say, where are you going? I'm going to Ubujobo. It's somewhere in Edo State. Oh, no, let's go to Matron's place. Bokolo. Say, where I'm going to Bokolo. Ah, honey, don't honey me. That's when I go take honey, slide somebody out of him destiny. Don't honey me. Don't, oh. One of my friends, that's what happened. On the good side, anyway, the way he handled it. His wife was teaching in UNEC here. He was a village doctor somewhere in the most state. They live in the U.S. now. <laughs> when they're going to marry, the wife was like, they get, well, no wife that time. You know, after my, will they agree to relocate to Enugu? The guy said no. Even though he was planning it. He said no. I'm not looking to Enugu for anything. Ah, no, please, now, you know, I will not be living in the village in the most state. Yeah, that's where my work is. So the guy went to work, announced to her people, the after wedding, she'll be resigning. Why? My husband runs a, a, a bush clinic. So she told them, all right, so when the guy was sure that she had done that, he now disclosed his plan. Ah, the girl was excited, but he made it clear. Don't give me conditions. If you don't want to marry me, leave me alone. Now let me now go to the women's side. That was just an aside. All right? Some of you, you, you be, a woman is giving you condition. And you say it's not too bad. It's bad. Once it's conditioned, it is bad. Take me the way I am. Like I told my wife, I'm not planning to be rich. I'm a poor young man. I am going to be poor for a long time. Yes. No, it's not as if I didn't tell her that God will bless also. But please, I'm not promising you anything. When we might well take down one tiny room in Idiaraba. I remember when we moved to a flat in Enugu. One day her mother came to Enugu to see us. She entered our house. He said, this is not bad at all. Considering where, where people are coming from. <laughs> I remember very well. And because it was our first year in that. I, no, I made it clear. I not get money. I'm not planning to have. One day she told me that I talk too much. What she meant was that was that, is it everything you need to tell me? 
I said, yes, now, because I've met people before. And they are looking at me like, like one brother said. He said, my mother-in-law's problem is that I'm too poor. And they are making his life miserable. I'm just watching those people with patience. When I joined, there, look, there are times you go to MFM for some people. I jump mountain on fire because of you. When I just see the evil you are doing against my brother, I'll just go and die by fire. Small, you know, because I'm not saying it normally. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like when I was, anyway, let me not go there. Anyway, <laughs> some people are just there. I told my brother that I not get money and I'm not planning to have. This is where we are staying. We will stay here till God says otherwise. Because nobody should put me under pressure. That, no, that's just my, that was my attitude. That's the only nation that said that uh, uh, I talk too much. I said, I don't talk too much now. It's called, in business transactions, it's called full disclosure. That's why you go and put me under pressure now. I will not be able to sleep well. What I call high output husband failure. Those of you who are doctors know what I'm talking about. What you call high output heart failure. He said, leave me the way I am. You won't come to and tell me tomorrow that I lied to you. There's one woman in Enugu. She sent some boys to beat her husband. They shouted, thief, 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 thief. After beating him, people gathered to lynch him. One man now looked and said, this man looks too responsible to be a thief. That was one that saved his life and dragged him to police or dragged police to them. They were. I'm telling you the truth. What happened? I read the story in the papers. The one reporter got involved. And she won the, he won the reporter, the woman. If you like writing nonsense in that your newspaper, when I cash you. <laughs> I'm not kidding, no. Trouble, oh God, you single boys, may God deliver you from Jezebel. Yeah. And those of you who are married, and you marry Jezebel, may she never manifest. Yeah. If she wants to manifest, she will fall into fire. Yeah, nobody wants Jezebel. Ah, she should enter fire. Oh, okay, lagoon. <laughs> now, where I'm going with the whole talk, what happened? They were living in Lagos. She packaged the man's, these two or three children, and brought them to Enugu, and swore that she will, he would never see them again. So why did she bring boys to beat him, almost kill him? Because he located their school and went to visit his children in school. Now, that's not why I'm telling the story. What I'm telling the story is that, when they say, what did the man do you? She said, don't mind him. He told me he was rich. Meanwhile, he didn't have anything. Yeah, that's something, the whole story. Her anger was that this nigga told me he had money. Meanwhile, look at how I've been suffering since. And I come born two or three children for a poor, poor man like him. Meanwhile, this guy has, I'm this at least. <laughs> By the normal human standard, people that have common sense, when their head is on top of their neck. You know some people, their bum bum is on top of their head, their head is down here. When they sit down, they sit on their brain. There are people like that. She's one of them. By normal people who sit with their head is on top, the guy was okay. But, you see, let me tell you, it's not every man that will be flying you up and down. And for your information, there's nothing you are looking for up and down. There's nothing wrong with never seeing Dubai till you die. What is in it? If you go to the bank, you never go to Dubai. So what am I looking for? The one I've seen on National Geographic is not good enough. I say with them things like, eh, you know, it's not good to have too many children. If you, if you want to take them on holiday, these foolish people—they've never gone to holiday in a, what they call in a, what they call, uh, 
No, Agbani. What's so good? <laughs> it's Agbani I wanted to say. Just rent a rural hotel there. Come out in the morning, enter the village, see goats. <laughs> Live goat patrolling. I'm telling you, you see chicken. So, most of these our children have never seen real fowl. Okay, you, you don't chase fowl before. All these boys here. Anybody here less than 18, find how many of them have chased fowl before. We did when we were young. The, uh, uh. I, I mean, we chased fowl. We rolled tire. Didn't you roll tire? There was no Nintendo. There was no PS anything. What was your game? You rolled tire. Pour oil inside. Use two sticks like this. When you both man pays to come and see such things, you say, go and enjoy it. Sit down in the village. Cook with you. Firewood. It's called an experience. Why do you want to go and do sliding on the snow? Black people get injured. I'm telling you. If you see a black man go do the they ski. Look. Let's see. Just because. Let me just say. Just by the way, if you have one day, one of our brothers said to go and do skydive. Yeah, we want him seriously. Say, oh boy, don't do that in the second time. That's not what black people do. Some of you can't do bungee jumping. They say, one man went to do bungee jumping. They say, he said, you should bring a hundred dollars. He said, hundred dollars? Just to jump? They said, no, it's for the rope. You can jump free of charge. (laughs) (laughs) That jumping is free. The Lord is good. What's the point I'm making? People of God. Eh? Don't let anybody put you under pressure. So that's why I'm just telling you, men, don't, don't. Let me, the main ladies, I've not said it to. I've not said it to. I've just been telling you. No, no, it doesn't apply to you. No. It's too late now. You've married a responsible woman who allows you to go to church. If you see a man, now listen to me, women. Everybody listen, but especially if you are not married yet. No matter how nice the guy is, if you suspect this man will not let you go to church regularly, don't marry him. If you, I, I don't mean he has done it. Though. Just woke up in the morning. You just felt in your spirit you are not going to church. You just feel like he will not let you continue facing the Lord the way you were. You just have this suspicion that he will tell you that, see, please, eh, all this praying in tongues and... Uh, Reading the Bible regularly. It's just, must Christianity be like that? Once you hear such things, just go and pray. Let me see what the Lord will say to me. Now, I want to say something that many people will not like. If you disobey what I have said, it will take you at least 10 years to recover. You will suffer more than you ever envisaged was possible. I know what I'm telling you. I tell people, being single is not worse. See, being married and happy, loving the Lord is wonderful. Being single and happy and loving the Lord is next in line. Yes, sir. The worst is, okay. The, yeah, the worst, being single and unhappy is bad. The worst is being married and unhappy. You know why? You will feel frustrated and trapped. 
So please, eh, single death is not a kill. They're treating this thing as if I don't marry, I, must, I will die. Being single doesn't kill. If a man wants to marry you, if, if you have a slight suspicion, no will let you go to church. Hmm? Slight suspicion. Well, I don't, you know, just by the way, if you're a man, you're listening to me. The only thing you should do is make sure your wife goes to a good church. Don't let him go to where they are praying, die by fire, die by fire, die by fire. That one is not good for you because you are the one that will die by fire. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. If you see where they are settling down, and here, see, just make sure your wife goes to a place where, or your children, they go to places where they hear the word being taught. Don't ever stop them. Let them keep going. It's for your own good. The Lord is good, though. I said the Lord is good. Let's get back to the message for the day. She will just read this message today. Abby? We'll reach it. I'm even checking my time. Ah, I've not even preached for a long time. I just started talking. So, blessed is the man whose wife goes to church and she prays. And blessed is the man and blessed is the woman whose husband goes to church, church and he prays. Alright, that is good. So I was explaining the fact that God hides what is good behind that which is what? Right. And that Ruth found faith from pursuing that which was right. And the Bible summarizes by saying faith works by what? Love. So it was the love she had for her mother-in-law that provoked faith for her. And her faith is very, 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 very powerful. I took time out to explain that faith actually brings inventions to the earth, even through those who do not believe. That if somebody has faith for the inventions, for the scientific advancement, you may find out that the people that God will use may not necessarily be believers. Don't be deceived. They are the ones that will now open their mouths and be speaking against God as if we didn't need faith. Somebody else needed to have faith for that thing. You are just, you know, a donkey that the Lord is riding, Okay? Into Jerusalem. That's all that you are. If you are an unbeliever and God is bringing advancements by your hand, that's purely all that you are. The donkey that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. So, we have been looking at the fact that the wisdom of God, this is what I was talking about, is what distinguishes us. And I was saying that the problem God has here, that's that's where I was, is that he doesn't have enough people walking by his wisdom. I told you I spoke to two young um, doctors who you could see the frustration. And I'm saying to Christians, that's the problem God has. If you join those frustrations, you are not not walking by his wisdom. Okay, where I went into is this. Okay, and I remember this. When I was talking about uh, going for something uh, other than yourself. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's actually where I was before I got into all of this talk. I believe you are blessed by them. Now, what is the greatest thing you should pursue? I was saying... It is what? The pleasure of God. That God will be pleased. That you look at the need that God has and you offer yourself as a living sacrifice to, to meet that need. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. That one major problem God has is that he does not have enough persons that he can count who are walking by his wisdom. It is sad that even in the church, all right, the people are generally, and I listened to the Prince, I don't know whether I mentioned it as I was speaking. There's one of his messages I've listened to. 
And he said, I'm sorry to say it, I don't trust Christians. He said this some years, of course, it's, not, it's, it's late now. He said, I don't trust believers. He said, Christians. He said, one, his son-in-law, working with him in ministry, made some deal with some people to help them, you know, with broadcasting and packaging materials and all of that. He said, the son now said, but, he said, with a look on his face, like, ah, but, dad, I'm sorry to say, they are not Christians, though. Before he knew what was happening, he just said, thank God, we are going to get the work done. The son was like, what? He said, hey, hey, listen, we will not get any spiritual talk. They will do what we say, the way we agreed, at the time we say, said they should. said there will be no spiritual talk. He said that he found Christians very unreliable people. This is a preacher who committed his whole life to advancing the gospel of God. He wasn't describing Christians per se. He was correcting them that this is what we need to do. He said they are unfaithful, they are unstable. He said, I have found Christians to be what? Unstable, unreliable. He said, they are unfaithful people. Now, I didn't say this, and I can say, I, I believe what he was trying to say. That they hide behind spirituality. That's why I said, he told his son, his son-in-law, we will get work done, I will not hear spiritual talk. Even as a young child, that is, a child, not child now, as a, at least a student, I quickly learned to distrust businesses that has too many scriptures displayed. I learned it early in life. If I enter a business and I say, God is the head of this home. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. Eh. And I say, I'm manak. We pastor here, I boy in one. Bishop, we in the next one. The third one. It has WF um, Kumi. I'm already looking at you with suspicion. Even though I'm a God helping me, a committed Christian, I'm looking at you with suspicion like, this guy, I don't trust him. Let's go. Why? See all these photos he's putting here. It's to deceive us. And it's from experience. See, if I want one, one business, my friends and I went to to go and make clothes one day. We entered. They were singing all this. This world is not my home. There, there was this atmosphere of church in the air. We used them once. The clothes they made for me, I couldn't wear. They never did anything we agreed upon. Now, can you imagine what I'm telling you around 1989? Yeah, and I've not forgotten till today. And why did I remember? They're not the only ones that did bad job for me in life. But the fact that the, the, once you enter the place, you remember this uh, brother, is it, there's one, is it brother, who remembers music of those days? Is it brother Zachary, Lazarus or... Huh? No, there's a song, a musician. Something like, they used to sing this, uh, um, this one like, uh, One day be one day, you'll see a man go find himself for hellfire. He no go come back to repent again. One day be, those kind of songs. <laughs> I, I think it was one brother, Lazarus, something like Yeah, I, I, they, they had them those days. That was a song they were playing in the background. You know, you enter the church, you will hear and their business. One day be one day. It's in a man go find himself for hellfire. He no go come back to repent again. You don't know that song? Some of you went to church when they were doing puyaka, puyaka. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like the reference said, that is very sad. It's very sad. 
That was, that's why I was correcting it. That is very bad. That you can't, that is, anyway, we've talked about it before. And why I went into talking about um, living for something bigger than you. Not giving in to despondency, let's go and look for money. Just tell yourself, eh, God, there's one thing I want to do. I want to offer myself so you can count. Now, I was telling that God counts, yes. You know, I went into too many things. Yes, in fact, you know, my thoughts are forming back together now. I said God counts. I'm not talking about counting the large number in your congregation. But that he comes to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, will I find ten righteous people? He comes to Israel, he tells Ezekiel. Sorry, if you listen to me over the years, you know that I mix Ezekiel and Jeremiah. If you know the Bible well, I do. So let me confess ahead of time. I have caught myself that I came to Ezekiel. Both of them, and again, many things he did to one, he did to another. One man was prophesying in the foreign land. One man prophesied mostly in Jerusalem. All right? So that's what happened. Okay? So he came to them. Say, go throughout the land and find whether you, you know, check whether you find one person. Go check numbers. He said, look for one person that is sighing and groaning because of iniquities in the land. And he didn't find any. Sometimes he will let you know that one will not even do. He told Jeremiah, it will not be enough. That sometimes his iniquity has gone too far. The point I'm making is that he counts numbers. Though. Sometimes we have prayed and prayed. You know, I started this year, all right, on, on Tuesday, that school of prayer, talking about what we need to do to activate the prophecy that God released through Pielton. And I believe the man was given life and given an assignment to activate the purpose of God for this land. And that thing can take hundreds of years. It's important we activate it in this generation. For it to be activated, certain things must be done by the church of God. Please go and get our series. Um, what do you title the series this year? For Tuesday. Let us remember God. Let us remember God. That's the title. Let us remember God. Alright? So in case you are listening to this, just go and start listening to that also. There I explained the fact that we have to approach the church through prayer and personal commitment to a walk in righteousness and holiness. It's the same thing I'm saying parallel here, that we have to get up and determine to walk in the wisdom of God because God is counting the number of people that are walking by that wisdom. And I'm telling you, right now, he has very few. Is the reason why I quoted something that the said many years ago. The reason why this land is not blessed, many lands are not blessed, is because the churches may be full, but those who are actually walking by divine wisdom, they are not many. That's what the problem is. Those who are actively walking by divine wisdom, they are not many. Let me remind us of something I said last time, that what distinguishes us, I just want to try and add many things I've said together, maybe to help me go on with today. I've said what distinguishes us is that divine wisdom walk. That is the fact they are walking by divine wisdom. We said last time that Moses said, we quoted from the words of Moses, that check it, which nation? He said, these are the laws I've given you by usual walk. He said that by these laws, he was telling them that you'll be distinguished. That people will say, which, look at how wise and understanding these people are. That is, Oh, these people is, <laughs> not the English, all right? As a nation, people singular, <laughs> all right? Then look at how wise and understanding. Why? He said, when they see your laws, 
When they see the principles by which you walk by, by which you walk. When they see the laws that govern your life. Listen to me, Christian. If you are not distinguished by the fact that you don't walk like the unbelievers walk, then you are not useful to the Lord as a person. You are not useful. See, forget the offerings you give. Offerings are good. But the first thing God is saying is that, listen, what is the principle of your life? The fund, that is the fundamental thing that guides where you go, where you don't go. Let me quickly explain it. Two of them put in one, into one. Is that all that should be driving you, well, two things, let me bring them into two now. One, your desire is to be formed into the exact image of Jesus Christ. And number two, to do the assignment he has for your life. If you don't have that in mind, that's, you, that's every economic hardship will turn it up and down. Meanwhile, if you have it in mind, you will interpret economic hardship as a trial of your faith. I don't know whether I get my point. You will interpret it as this is a trial of my faith. Because you know that what, you have been, what is happening to you in life is that you have been built in regard to your faith. Every trial for you is that, okay, you want to try me, Abby? You know that kind of thing. You want to try me? You want to see whether I will fall? I will not fall. You don't have money? Bribery money comes. <laughs> like, hey. So this is where you are coming from. You are not seeing that, hey, should I eat this money or not? Your own is that, eh. This is the angle you guys want to use. It will not work. Do you get my point here? That you see, you are looking at life like, look, I am being perfected into the image of Christ. I'm being perfected into the image of Christ. Everything you see is interpreted like that. So one day you go to the bank, they say the bank has closed. All the money you have is there. You now remember something you, you heard me teach or one other preacher or you read your Bible. That count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. So in your mind, let me see whether I can count it joy. So you start laughing. Somebody say, what is funny? Is it, the, the, <laughs> the bank just collapsed. All our life savings. Yes, mine is there too. And what is funny about it? Hey, I'm counting joy. Now, it's not a temptation. Again, a smaller side. If you do that, eh, the spirit of joy will come upon you. Initially, it's laughing out of discipline. After that, you find it so funny. When you get home, you'll be laughing. Your wife says, what happens? I go to the bank. Do you know that bank is really distressed? They've closed. Say, you're supposed to start school next week. Says that's so you'll be laughing. You might be like, sorry, what is funny? What exactly? What did Alibaba say in this thing that is making you react like this? <laughs> that you, after a while, you pause and you ask yourself, why am I laughing? You can't even tell. But anytime that matter comes up, you start laughing again. Why? Because you took the initial step of saying, count it all what? Joy. Then the spirit of joy now attaches itself to you and won't leave you alone. Please, I hope you're getting my point. What am I saying again today? Do you know, God is looking for, now please let me explain it, enough of such persons. He's looking for enough. That is, he says, Banky, I need to have enough. Right now, this is the number I have. That's not enough. And some even I counted last week, this week, I look, they have gone. They've departed from the faith. Because one thing about faith is that it must endure. 
No, it that endures to the end is the one that will be counted. Is the one that endures till the end. Is the one that endures till the end. Let me tell you something about my personal life. Sometimes I hear stories. A preacher did this, preacher did this one. <laughs> I said, God, then see here. Please don't add my name to those who did this or did that. Please make sure I don't do this or do that. Do you get my point? David said, let those who trust in you not be ashamed because of me. It's a prayer I pray. And one of the things that pains me about that people will be saying, no, they will, they will be adding the names. This pastor, this one too. This, ah! I said, look, I don't like when they are counting TV Joshua. They now say all of us are pastors. Do you get my point? It's not good. It's not good. There are some names you don't mention, you know, together in, some, in the same sentence. And say all of them are pastors. Then you carry Baba Emmanuel and join to. Ah, no. So I just say, God, please, eh? No matter what we take, please do it. But make sure I'm begging you that my name is not joined to the list of those that bring shame to your name. To me, it's an important prayer point. I will give it anything. I'm not saying the strength lies within me. That's why it's a matter of prayer. But I've told God, take anything you want to take. For me, just I don't add my... No, no, please. And it's not personal pride, though. It's not like... That, that's not the focus. The focus is not my personal. It's just that, hey, must everybody go like that? What are we saying about our Lord? There was a time I noticed that a lot of preachers... Some of them who I listened to at the time, I found that I stopped listening to them. When people say, why? Some of them I actually quote, you won't know. But I just won't mention the name. Sometimes. Some of them I quote, you won't know his messages of 30 years ago. 20 years ago. What they preached in the last 10 years, I don't listen to. What they preached in the last 5 years. There's one brother, I, 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 not Nigerian, American preacher. I decided to go and, you know, I do that once in a while. I have a number of messages, preachers I listen to all the time. But occasionally I say, ah, there will be something I'm missing. So I just go and search. So now I remember that this man blessed me long ago. I said, let me go and search. So I went on, I thank God for YouTube. So I, 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 and I told one brother, ah, look at this man, I'm downloading his messages. Let me just use it to charge myself. Because if there was a time he blessed me tremendously, he now made a statement. He said, sir, I hope you know. That is no longer known for preaching the gospel, but for just motivating people. I said, eh. So I downloaded a lot of his messages. And by the time I finished into three, four, five, I understood. He's preaching, everybody's excited. You can do it, you can go for it, just keep doing it, just do it, do it, just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. After I did it for like two, three messages, I realized what that man was saying. That's why I deleted him out of my life. Unfortunately, I can't get his old messages. In fact, there was a time, there was some pastor I was with, he ordered some of his messages. So I begged him to give me one particular message. Let me, I won't give the name of the message. Let me just give it a name like the power of the cross. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. That, that's not the name. It's not at all. I remember I listened to this message like 20 years before. I said, I beg, give me this message. He said, I say, I please now. He said, when he's done. So when he's done, he gave me to listen to. So when I finished listening to the message, I came and returned and said, oh God, thank you, I've listened to that message. So I was it. I said, man, this cross not get power again. 
Because I said, when I first listened to this, I thought it was that same message. But no, the man preached this one like 20 years after that first one. With the same title. So the other man laughed. He said, that was before he prospered now. He said, this is a cross of prosperity. I felt bad. It turned me to pray. To pray. I had to go and pray, God, please. Because I saw it again and again in so many preachers. And I became, in quote, worried. I was worried. You know what, what worried me? Is this what Dean Woke will say one day that, ah, you should have been in the going Pastor Banky was still preaching. The one that he's doing now is not preaching now. Yeah! The thing scared me. Because I, I counted many. One, two, three. I said, so one day, I'll be going on the road. They say, Car, you should have been in a good time. When Pastor Bank was preaching now, look, fire used to come from his eyes. Fire used to come from his voice. But now, he has prospered. His sacrifice has paid off. Ah! Honestly, I went to pray. Father God, please, 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 I beg you, please. Let's handle this matter. Then, and I remembered, and that's why I keep on quoting some men. I remember Derek Prince preached. You could take the message he preached when he was 87 thereabout, and the one he preached when he was 65. You can hardly tell the difference. Whew, my body calmed down. I remember David Paulson that his latter messages were even more powerful than the earlier ones. I said, Lord, thank you. And I remember Kenneth Higgins that he was telling the same stories, quoting the same scriptures. Learn the same emphasis. We started listening to messages he preached in the 60s. This was a priest in the 80s. We listened to the two of them. They're still the same. Do you know he gave me hope? I'm telling you, just those three men gave me hope. And I prayed to the Lord. I said, I beg. Now, I beg, I did beg you. Let me be like these men. Let me even be better than them. But please, have mercy on all these, my brethren. But I don't want to be like this. It's just a matter of prayer. If that is what prosperity does to people, I don't want it then. You can keep the prosperity. Just like the, like uh, Zilemoy, I said, give me food that is convenient for me. If that is the thing, give me food that is convenient for me. I don't want to be so rich. I'll say, Where, who is the Lord? I hear preachers say things that ah, those that we used to preach the everlasting gospel. We're preaching for two hours. Is that what grows the church? See, church growth is now a problem to the preaching of the gospel. Why should the growth of church be, now be a hindrance to the preaching of the word of God? That when you preach for two hours, people will not come to church. So I pray to the Lord, please, I want to be counted. That's what I'm talking about. It's a prayer I pray to God. And I'm saying to you, please, sacrifice every other thing so that God can count you. There are times maybe it's business. They say, ah, do it like this, do it like this. This is how they do it. Ah, just say, oh. So God will not be able to come to town and say, I can't find, I can find two people that will not do it like this. 
So God will not be able to come to town and say, I have a son, they have a daughter there. I trust that she won't do it that way. Hey, if you don't do it like that now, don't you know that we're not, this business will not go forward? Say, brother, let it not go forward. Let it stay on one spot. I didn't come here to go forward. I came here to please God. I like one thing also what um, Chambers said. <laughs> he said, Jesus, it's very funny when I time I say it. If you've not heard it before, you've first taken it back. But you probably have heard me say it before. He said, Jesus did not come to save the world. He said, he came, he came to do the will of the Father. There was a Father that was saving the world. No, when I first read it, I said, what? Then when he explained, I said, oh, it makes sense. He said, Jesus never came to save, save the world. And it's clear in scripture, if you think about it. For God so loved the world, that he did what? He gave. He was the one that gave the only begotten son. And what did he, the, the begotten son say? I come. In the volume of the books, it is written of me to do thy will. Then I realized, if the father has said, condemn the world, he will have gladly condemned the world and gone back. And he said, Lord, I did what you told me to do. But the father said, no, we want to save them. How do we save them? You will die on the cross. So when he was going to the cross, he said, nevertheless. He didn't want to go to the cross. He just wanted to do the will of the father. The cross was more exciting. He wasn't, sometimes people think that you're a gluten for punishment. I tell people, see, what matters is that what I'm doing, I'm convinced it pleases the Lord. So God did not, in fact, I said it once, brethren turned into an argument. I said God did not call anybody to succeed. He called people to obey him. I said success is a gift he gives. So the guiding rule for any decision I make is, is this pleasing to God? Even if it will close the business, let it close. Like my pastor will say those days, he said, what's the will of God that is in an outcome? He said, what's the will of God? He said, do the right thing. Whatever be the consequence is the will of God. Yeah. He said, just do what is right. He said, the consequences are the will of God. That's why I said to you, God hides what is good behind what is right. And what is the right thing we must pursue? It is this walk by his wisdom so that his own life may be manifested. Let me tell something to you. I said something. What was I talking about? Okay, Bible study, we're talking about it. That God takes us through stages. And God's plan for Adam, if, you, if I remember it well, was one, birth. That is how human beings are. For Adam, creation was his birth. It was, well, let us make man. He made man. And then next, God feeds and trains you. And then next, I said, God tests you that you will lay down self. I said, the last stage is what? I many people remember? What's the last stage? For those who are very keen students. And the last stage is resurrection. That's the last stage. That is what God expected Adam to go through. Was that now you've been born. Then we are training you. God trained him and trained him and trained him. Then he said, now time for you to lay down self. If Adam had laid down himself, when in, that temptation in the garden was where he refused to go to his own cross. That was his own cross. He refused to go. If he had gone to that cross, he also would have died. I hope you're getting my point. And then 
He will have been raised up with new life. Then Adam will have become exactly what created him to be. What am I saying? Sometimes you're a businessman. You get to that point of your cross. And the thing about cross, how do you identify it? It speaks of death. Yeah, it scares you with death. That do the right thing, you will die. God says, I want you to do it. And whether you literally die or you only die figuratively, at the end, you will resurrect. And then you hear this, an expression in scripture, which must be the drive of your heart. Whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes. That bond, look at it well. They say he was shown to be a son of God with power. How? By resurrection from the dead. When you are born from the dead, that is when they say the business is born of God. That's when it starts overcoming. If you haven't gone to that position of death, you never get that birth yet. The fact that you had an idea is not, is not what we are talking about here. You had an idea to start a business. You said, this business is born of God. Now stage one be that. When you are talking about real being born, is when it goes through the trial of death. When they say, look, do this, we'll move forward. If you don't do it, we may, this business may collapse. Up. And you look and say, no. The Spirit told us the other day, do the right thing. The consequence is the will of God. This does not look to me like the right thing. Let it die. Next thing you see that they say, well, it looks like really it is going to die. That's what it looks like. It's really going to die. God says, don't worry. Whether it dies literally or it doesn't, but you are passed through that death. Then the next stage of your career, of your business, is called what? Resurrection. At that point in time, you will be shown to be the son of God with power by resurrection from the dead. Then the words of John will now be fulfilled. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You know what God is doing? Raising overcomers. Let me close with this. Please, don't let anything scare you. Don't lose your hope for anything. If you wake up tomorrow, they say, in fact, listen, if you are still looking at the dollar price now, you should know you say you get a problem. Has it not scared you enough? See, let me just end my message here. Let's just walk by the wisdom. We'll talk about that wisdom more next time, all right? In our personal lives. And let's just claim this country. I'm begging you, don't give up. Just say no. Bandits, eh? You people will die, I will leave. Tell, just tell them like that. Every morning you wake up, say bandits, bandits, your time of judgment has come. You are out of this nation. Kidnappers, you will kidnap yourself until all of you either die or land in police then. Tell them that every day. Say, dollar, I'm running up and down. You run around for my good. Amen. Say, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Say, this land I claim you. Like, you know, I've been telling you, the beginning of this year, I told you what? My children will possess the land. I'm telling you, you'll be amazed at the miracles God will work for you. In the midst of economic hardship, that's when God will say, yeah, you. Is resurrection power, start. Resurrection power, start. Oh, you will see God do miracles in your life. At a point in time, it become normal. Like one man told me, some people say they fail in business. I say, I don't know. How do they manage it? No, I don't know my point. People say, business is not moving. He said, he doesn't understand the meaning. That he buys something he wants to sell. Why won't he sell? He was telling me that I don't, that I can't relate with it. And some of them say, oh God, I don't understand. Business is not moving. So it's looking like, is that possible? Things like that happen? 
I, I, of course, I told him, that's grace that God gave you. Such a grace he will give you in Jesus' name. Look, let me end my message here. Don't lose hope for anybody. What did I say? Turn to your neighbor. Another person. Turn to somebody else. Listen, for whatever reason. See, let me put it like this. Even if you are dying. Hmm? You won't die now, amen? But as you are dying, turn to your children. Tell them, never give up. God is with you. It will be well with you. Just tell them, where I stopped, continue from there. See, my children will possess this land. Oh, God. There are a few things that have sweetened my belly with confidence like this one. I'm telling you, my children will possess the land. Now, let me remind you of what I call my children. Thank God for Akinlu. Thank God for Lubenga. Thank God for Mena. Thank you for, thank God for Victory. Thank God for Paris. But they are not the ones I'm talking about only. I'm saying anybody that pays attention to the wisdom of God, which he placed in my mouth, you will possess the land. Amen. The children that God will give you will possess this land. Amen. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, thank you for your word this morning. Say, Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Just say, Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. It's been a beautiful day. Thank you because we are possessing the land. Everybody say after me, I am possessing the land. land. Say it again. One more time. Now, I want you to say, we are possessing the land. Again. Again. One more time. Remember, it's not by our power, not by our own planning, not by our own ability, but by the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you. From you, we are receiving the land. Thank you. This week that's coming is well with you as you go out. As you return home, it will be well with you. I say it again and again, no evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. It will be well with you on the highway. It will be well with you in your bedroom. The Lord will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And abound to every good work. From great afflictions you are delivered. Even from minor ailments receive your healing. In the name of Jesus Christ. God will give you strength and health to be able to serve him. In the name of Jesus Christ. I say concerning you, your own children will possess the land. You will possess the land. And your children will possess the land. In Jesus' name. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we are passed out of death. And we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the spirit. And of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now bless two people with that. Say this is your season. The second person, this is your season. Now say this concerning one person. Say it's your year of peace 
and fruitfulness. Concerning yourself, say it. All right, cherub brethren. God bless you.